This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. Words have the potential to change lives, and no one understands this more than my guest today, Kim Dower. A widely published poet, Kim is also the City Poet Laureate of West Hollywood, a role that allows her to use the written word to celebrate the diversity and vibrancy of that community. Kim also helps aspiring poets tap into their memories and dreams to unleash their creativity and works with authors to promote their work. Kim and I are going to talk about the remarkable power of words and how we can use them to help us tap into and unlock our own potential. Kim, welcome to the show. So excited to have you with me today. Oh, Erica, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, you've, you've, you've accomplished so much in the world of poetry. I, you know, I could go on and on about your bio, but instead I'll let you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your career as a poet or your, you know, identity as a poet and and how did this all come to be? Well, first of all, I just want to say happy National Poetry Month, oh, uh, which exciting. is April, and uh-huh. that's why we're doing all these exciting things. Uh, so we're coming to the end of it. But mm-hmm. um, I have always been a poet, you know, since I was, you know, a girl with my journals, but it really mm-hmm. came to life in college. So many of us find a lot of what we love in college, and I wrote and I sent my poems out, but like so many of us, I had to then get a a job because, you know, poetry Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't pay the rent, you know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, I've had a long career doing other things uh, as a, um, a media specialist and working with authors, helping them to get publicity, as you know. Yes, I do. But the poetry never really left, never left at all. And I yearned for it. And I have a great story because after my son went to college and I suddenly was left with this emptiness that Mm. immediately went back to find its roots with poetry. Mm. Mm, So nice. And it was nice. And I, I felt, you know, so excited by it because I started writing all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I've had three books published by Red Hand Press, and I'm also the Poet Laureate of West Hollywood, which is very fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. I bet. I, I do. Bet. I teach workshops with all kinds of people in the community, and we do collaborative poems. Anyway, poetry yeah. has become my life once again and it's it's very exciting that is so exciting and and again obviously as an author myself I understand the power of words and even you know even mentally in terms of self-care I, I teach a lot to, with my clients of, of how we could speak to ourselves and how we could reframe um, our thoughts and and even our experiences in life because our word words are so powerful and the language we use obviously poems express an array of different things. But I think in terms of self-care and mental and emotional self-care too, um, words really can create a lot of anxiety and stress for us, the words we use, or it, it can, it could give us freedom and a new, new way of seeing things in more gratitude. Do you, do you? Well, I think that's perfect the way you just said that. I, I couldn't agree with you more 
the power of words is extraordinary. And everything comes from words. You know, yeah. and as a therapist and someone who works with people in addiction and all what you do with the wellness mm-hmm. community, um, the words not only that we write, but the words that we say in our heads, uh, the words that revolve around our brain and how we mm-hmm. see the world, um, I think is, is, is very much about, how, about mental health. Yeah. I'm sure you have your clients do certain exercises to say certain things or feel certain things. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it really can change your chemistry, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's very cellular uh, in terms of uh, how it could have an effect in a ripple effect, basically on our, on our lives in terms of the mind, the body and the spirit, because everything is interconnected. So for sure. I mean, I, you know, I had, I had a gentleman on my podcast not too long ago and I remember he was, he works a lot with children and he was also saying that, you know, he, he likes to mirror things like where he says, I get to go to work and you get to go to school and we get to do things in life and not that, Oh, I have to go to school or I have to do this. You know, it's just more of a choice and it's more, again, with gratitude that these things are blessings and not so much uh, looked at like, you know, with, with this kind of negative attitude. And I think it does, he said, you know, when you teach children this, it changes their whole lives, the way that they conduct themselves moving forward and everything that they do. So I do, I think it's so powerful for sure. Yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, just changing a word from, I have to go to get to go. Just changing that one word changes the whole way the child looks at what she is about to do. And, you know, in a poem, as you know, every word is looked at very carefully. And that's exactly the kind of thing that after you write your your first draft, you go through it word by word, line by line, because each word has a different meaning Mm -hmm. or makes Mm -hmm. the poem turn in a different way. And that's just a great example. I have to go. I get to go. Right. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Definitely. Yeah, so today, you, yeah tell me. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say this is an exciting event that um, I'm going down to Union Station in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, and there's um, a, um, an event from the Poetry Society of America that's called The Poet is In. And there's going to be 12 poets uh, at different stations with typewriters writing poems for people getting oh, cool. on and getting off trains. Oh, cool. Isn't that cool? So I'm oh, excited. Oh, that's so exciting. Because, yeah. Yeah, people will go home with or, you know, whatever, with a poem that was written just for them. And so oh, I'm... So special. That's so special. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rewired Radio. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors, Professional Revenue Recovery Services. With the ever-changing landscape of private insurance reimbursement, the challenges of maintaining the health of your revenue cycle may seem insurmountable. From complicated billing and clinical guidelines to changing fee structures and more, today's behavioral health providers need an ally to help optimize the revenue cycle and ensure the stability and security of the revenue so that they can focus on providing quality care for their clients. My sponsor, PRRS, is a full-service revenue cycle management company that specializes in serving the behavioral health community. They offer traditional billing and collection services as well as utilization management, verification of benefits, training, and consultation. Additionally, they offer transitional and support services for facilities looking to self-manage their own revenue cycle. For more information, 
on Professional Revenue Recovery Solutions, PRRS, go to www.prrsinc.com or to speak to a revenue management expert, you can call them at 1-888-405-3118. So I lived in this area called Brentwood in Los Angeles. I know there's people listening all over the world and all over the country, but in Los Angeles, if you're from this area, there's, there's a little town called Brentwood. And there was this man that was a, um, a veteran. I think he was homeless. And he stood outside of the supermarket giving away his poetry um, every day uh. to people. And I used to like walk by him or run by him, you know, in the mornings, and he would give me a new poem every day. And I kept them all. And it was so special to me. And he had passed away recently. And they, um, they commemorated his life by uh, bronzing a, a picture of his head right where he used to stand as a poet. And it was just, it's such a touching story. Story of, a, of a person's life and how many lives that he touched through his poetry and how poetry, you know, in itself, I think, you know, and this is what I wanted to ask you, it, you know, it, it evokes in all of us an emotion or an expression of something that maybe some of us can't tap into. And that's why I think we're so drawn to poetry. Um, but as you as a poet, do you feel that way? Like when you write, is it something like very deeply emotional? And, 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 and do yeah. you find other people relate to it because it, like they you know, they also feel the same way? Yes, I think that that's true. I mean, obviously, it's 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 emotional. Um, what you're doing really is what a poet wants to do mm-hmm. is connect with, with their reader. And you connect, you know, we connect to emotions. So poetry, you want it to be emotional without being cliche or without being sentimental. Yes. But the emotion is pure, and we all feel emotions, whether it's about someone we love or uh, an experience we've had, but that's where you're connecting. And it's so sweet, the story of the man in mm-hmm. Brantwood, as you told, because yeah. he really wanted to connect with people. And yes. I think that, yes. you know, right now there's a huge resurgence of the interest in poetry around the country, and you see it a lot more, I think I do than I did, let's say, even five years ago. Mm-hmm. And Why do you think exciting. that is? Yeah. I think that people are desperate to be comforted, and I think they're desperate to make sense out of the world, and they're desperate to, to relieve some stress. And I think yeah. that poetry does all those things. It mm-hmm. can take a very complicated issue. It can take something that is very disturbing and upsetting and make some sort of order out of it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the gift of of what poetry can do, and so there are many poems, you know, that we write or read, uh, particularly during an important occasion. Like everyone wants a poem when they're getting married. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants a poem when someone they love has died. Right. Everyone, you see, or a child is born. The most emotional situations um, sort of beg for a poem to help you with all of those feelings at that moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It commemorates these moments in life too so nicely. And I think it creates a different kind of memory attached to those uh, life experiences too. You know, you always have that poem, you always have the reminder of the experience, you know, it, it's, it is, it's very, it's a very unique um, way of expression. I, I, I adore it. I think it's great. Yeah. And it's fun also, you know, for people to I'm a big proponent of, you know, loving poetry and not being afraid of it because I think that mm. so many of us were taught poetry in a certain way that kind of turned you off. 
Um, right. we, there were certain poems we had to memorize or poems were looked at as puzzles that we have to decipher. Mm-hmm. This right. shouldn't be the case. The poem yeah. should welcome you. You should go in like warm water into the sea and not be afraid and take from it what you take without having yeah. to analyze it or you know, try right. to understand. You shouldn't have to try to understand. It should just hit you. Um, there are many yeah. different yeah. levels, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just think there's no right or wrong way, and I hope everyone hears us today saying that. That's exactly what I feel like you're saying. I mean, there is no right way to do poetry, and and I guess it goes back to a lot of uh, people. We judge ourselves when we're creative, and and just kind of allowing that creative process because someone is going to relate to you, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's definitely the craft of a poem, and you want to be a true, uh, you want to be good at the craft, and you want people to enjoy it. You work on that poem, and you look at the poem carefully, but to read a poem, if you don't understand what you're reading, it's probably not that good a poem. That's the truth. And a lot of us are turned off because we think it's too heavy for us, or we don't get it, or something. When in fact the poem may not really work, right? So, um, so there is so there is kind of a right way. Is that what you're saying? There is kind of a like a guideline to how a poem should. Uh, well, be. I don't think there's like a right way or a guideline, but I think that okay. what makes art or better. You know, we all uh-huh. can write in our journals and get our feelings out, and I think that that's um, a, a great you know therapeutic way to deal yeah. with problems and. Mm-hmm. But if then if you want that poem to go out into the world and for other people to read it and get something from it, then you start to work on it and mm-hmm. look at it as not your own, but mm-hmm. something you're crafting. Right, right. I guess I'm saying that we can all enjoy poetry, whether yeah. writing it or reading it. It's, you know, it doesn't need to be as mysterious as so many of us have been taught <laughs> that it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I guess it's just lifting the stigma of that. But like you said, there's so many, I I feel like this year, especially I've, I've noticed uh, more poets like this, this girl, this woman, Rupi, right? Her name is Rupi. um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I forgot her last name yeah. with the K, but she's incredible. Her poems. I mean, she writes from, you know, um, like she's right. Like it, like at the end of every poem, it says, you know, my body or, um, my heart, like she's writing from her heart or her body. And so the poem <laughs> itself is from her body, which is, you know, just different ways of poetry. And this other woman, Cleo Wade, she has her poetry now on billboards. It, it, it's kind of crazy, um, with messages. So, you know, I, I'm happy it's coming back because I find a lot of uh, people out there, my clients especially, are, are suffering from not feeling connected, very disconnected because maybe technology to these days of having uh, very little face-to-face interaction or even picking up a phone and calling somebody. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's moved kind of to, to this place where we use technology for connection and it's, it's feel, leaving people feeling a little empty. Yeah, I totally agree, and um, I think that that's that that's a big part of it. That there is no mm. connection. This sort of cold connection on a computer or on a phone is taking the mm. place, and uh, people are getting tired of that. Yeah, you know, they want to yeah. read words that that have meaning for them, or that they can relate to, or that they can mm-hmm. share and understand. But there's so much poetry. There's a lot of slam poetry. There's uh, it's it's everywhere. I mean, in L.A. now. Every night you could go 
to hear some poetry reading or another, some oh, event. Cool. And um, I, I'm sure it's that way all around the country. I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is great for people to hear and, and you know, um, awaken them a little bit more towards what's going on. Um, because I, I think a lot of people have this creative outlet or would like even just try and explore it and, and see like that's the beauty of life is that if you have an open heart and an open mind, you can you could go to these, you know, you could go to these poetry readings or you could get a journal and start trying yourself. But you know what? It's just you don't know until you try. Exactly. But it's an option and it's something and it's there and it's free and it's mm-hmm. for everyone. And it's it's not, I guess I just want to say during this National Poetry Month that it's not yes. such a mystery. It's something that can be enjoyed and poetry should be read aloud and you yeah. should, everyone should go pick up a book today, go browse in the poetry section, find something that they like, read a poem aloud, and feel this, this deep connection. Uh, poetry used to be the way everyone communicated, you know, way, mm-hmm. way back. It was through poetry, and it was very political, and love poems, and all kinds of poems. Um, it is a true comfort to read a poem that has meaning for you. Mm, it is. It is. I mean, I have some in my head, like um, there's a woman named Oriah and and it's uh, called The Invitation and it's the most beautiful mm-hmm. poem you've, I'm sure you know. And then there's, you know, little not as well known poets and there's just, you know, and it, I guess that you're right. It's just, it's what resonates with you and these things you could hold very dear to your heart to get you through in many ways. Yes. And, you know, it's um, it's sort of a fun idea. You know, we used to have our iPods. Now, of course, we have Spotify. We don't need our iPods. But even, mm-hmm. it seems not so long ago, we would make a playlist. Remember, we would choose like five yes. or ten songs that we loved. And mm-hmm. it was either our workout playlist or our go-to-sleep playlist or whatever. <laughs> and it's really, you know, it's a fun idea to create a playlist of of poems that you like and take oh, five or ten poems. such a good poems. idea. Yeah. You know, that are dear to you and something you can even use, you know, as clients and therapists can use. But find a few poems that mean something to you because a great poem will mean a different thing every time you read it. You'll see a different layer. You'll understand something differently. And have those, like, in your pocket, mm-hmm. in your bag, you know, keep keep that with you to refer to and change it every month. Um, uh, it really makes that you idea. feel closer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a great idea. You know, I, I grew up, my, my grandmother, um, my grandmother who passed away not, not too long ago, she was a poet herself and she had um, a poetry uh. book and she used to buy me, you know, Shel Silverstein books when I was little and he was a poet, you know, and he wrote all the, um, do you know, all of his books, I forgot the sure, light, a light in the attic and yeah, all, all these books, you know, there was a poem about hiccuping and it made me laugh every time I was little. Anytime I had yes. a, a, a sad day, I would read that poem. <laughs> and so for me, well, poetry I, I has been, that. yeah, part of my life for so long. So I, I definitely, uh, I forget, you know, like you said, I, I think people, um, you know, we, we, we revisit things and hobbies and things that inspire inspire us or things that feed us in some way at different parts of our lives. So it's just, this is a great reminder for anybody that, you know, when they were little or they just, that, you know, they, they appreciate it, but maybe haven't, haven't revisited it in a long time. Yeah. I think, you know, just talking about your grandmother and being little mm-hmm. and having that, it's very meaningful to me as well. My grandmother mm-hmm. um, was from Russia and uh-huh. she you, had memorized all the great Russian poets like Pushkin oh, wow. and 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. She, I was three or four or five years old, and she would recite these to me. I didn't know what she was talking about. But uh-huh. the music of them, the music yeah. of these poems, and the passion with which, you know, she, she would recite them, it, it, it meant something. And then, of course, you know, for you, Michelle Silverstein, All the Places We'll Go, We'll Go, and all yeah. these books. For yeah. me, you know, Dr. Seuss, and for so many of us, um, the Dr. Seuss books and, you know, Green Eggs and Ham and all those books with the rhyme um, really stayed in my head right. because mm-hmm. rhyme is very, again, I keep using the word comforting, but there's a real satisfaction in hearing when words rhyme and when they're silly and when they tell a story. Yeah. And um, we, a lot of us go back to those early years of, of those poems that we loved yeah. Oh, I know. Me too. Well, you're just reminding me of of everything. It's like flooding back in. <laughs> so yeah. it's so it's very special. It is. It's very special. And I and and I think you know if if you didn't even grow up with poetry, you will still um, find you know the uh, beauty in it in some way, or 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 or, or the indeed. sense of humor or whatever it is. You know. Yes, and I just want to say you know to all parents out there, read your little kids' poems. Mm-hmm. Because poems really matter to children. It's uh, extraordinary. But even those little poems we would hear, you know, who has seen the wind, neither mm-hmm. you nor I, but when the leaves bow down their heads, the wind is passing by. I mean, I read in the St. Vincent Millay. I mean, that was read to me when I was little. And yeah. I remember that poem. And every time, you know, when I see a tree and the wind blows, I think of it. So yeah. it connects you to nature, to humanity, to the sound of words. As yeah. you said when the interview started, words have a lot of power, yes. and they can actually change your mood. You know. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and and especially as children, it shapes it shapes your outlook on life and 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 how you uh, how you relate to nature and relate to commotion and relate to life's experiences. I mean, unless we're taught to be aware you know, then it's, if we're not, then that's, you know, sets us up for a lot of difficulty in life. So I think, I think poetry and words and reading and all of that, it just, it's a great foundational um, tool for, for people to feel, you know, connected to themselves and the world. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so true. And in writing this collaborative poem for the city of West Hollywood that we put together, Mm -hmm. I went into a preschool also because I wanted lines from, from three and four year olds. Mm-hmm. And we just went around the room, and I asked them to tell me what they've seen under a rock. Did you ever go to the park and lift up a rock? What did you see? Mm-hmm. And I I got the most incredible lines. I mean, it was like a bunch mm-hmm. of little surrealists, you know. Yeah, I yeah. saw a whole village of caterpillars. You know, I saw a moon inside a sun, you know, just beautiful things. Right. And you know, you it, it, with children, you can write this down, and then you can make a poem out of it, just like you do a drawing. So, exactly. um, you know, playing with words is just really fun for these kids, too, and they grow up loving it. Uh, that's so cool. That's so, so amazing what you do, and I'm, I'm so happy that you were with us today. Um, can you tell everybody where to find you? I have I have a website. It's Kim, D-O-W-E-R, KimDowerPoet.com, P-O-E-T.com. Um, I think it's and, poetry. Is Kim it poetry? poetry. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. just wanted to make sure. Okay, so it's KimDowerPoetry.com. Um, right. And, yeah, and, and your last book, was that Air Kissing on Mars? 
Well, actually, Air Kissing on Mars was my first book. Oh, it was your first then, book? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was my first, and then Slice of Moon, but um, oh, the, love that, the latest. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, the, the last book is called Last Train to the Missing Planet. Cool. So, last Train to the yeah. Missing Planet. Okay, great. And people could find that out there online? Absolutely. Or? Yep. Okay. Definitely. Last Train to the Missing Planet by Kim Dower. Right. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being with us today. It was it was such an honor. Oh, Erica, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, we'll have to come on again. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us and stay well.